The Benjamin Dixon Show is only possible with listener support. Go to www.thebenjamindixonshow.com to register for our blog and join the progressive army. And now, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Benjamin Dixon Show. to the Benjamin Dixon Show. My name is Anoa. Obviously, I'm not Ben. I'm host of The Way with Anoa and, you know, Ben's little sister and, and from another mister. Um, it's July 14th, 2016, Thursday. Uh, not sure if any of you are catching the end of the POTUS Town Hall on Race Relations in America. Um, would like for to hear from you guys. Give us a call, 857-600-0518. Let's see, you know, Kind of what's going on in your minds right now? What did you think if you did watch the town hall? There's so much going on. Um, you know, we, if you were watching Project Sandy, I know this already has been touched on. Um, I know it's already been all over the news and stuff, but today in France, there was, uh, I'm, it's being investigated as a possible terror attack. I don't know if it's actually been determined yet, but uh, a truck, um, today's Bastille Day um, in France. And um, for those who are not aware, Bastille Day is uh, the, the, the celebration of the storming of the Bastille um, uh, in, in, in connection with the French Revolution. And today's Bastille Day, and there was a big Bastille Day event going on in Nice, France, and uh, a big truck. Someone, somebody drove a big ass truck through um, the crowds of people. And from the accounts I read, it, it was actually zigzagging through the crowd and aiming at people. Um, the last I checked, the death toll was climbing over 70 um, with over 100 injured. Uh, I, 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 I mean, I saw periscope footage of people scattering and trying to run from um, the, the scene. Like, like this is insane. Um, you know, I know people have cynical comments like, oh, you're going to pray for France again. Look, tra traumatic experiences are traumatic experiences. Um, craptastic stuff is craptastic. I'm trying to watch my language here. Uh, it's tragic, right? And 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 there was a, a post I saw right before I came on on Twitter about how a uh, number of the victims were, you know, of Muslims. Because before we start blaming, you know, whomever, right? Um, this was a diverse group that came together. Um, this is, you know, something that's part of French history. The, the, this this was targeted because there were a lot of people gathered and maximum damage, as is the case with a lot of these incidences. Awesome. We have a caller. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? You're on, Hello. caller. Hey, this is Abe. How are you doing? Doing good. Um, so I just um, watched the um, the president's speech, and um, mm -hmm. I think he's like caught in a rock and hard place because it's like if he goes one way, they don't look they don't look they don't, they don't look bad on one way. If he goes another way, he look bad on another way, mm -hmm. and then it's like he's caught in a rock and hard place. And I also think that he obviously started too late to kind of really get on what's been going on, even though it's just, even though it's kicked back up over the past couple of years, but he's pretty much in a rock and hard place. And I don't know what 
can he do? I don't know what can be done on his end because, you know, he's only the president and, and as Ben talked about, I know me and Ben talked about, president only can do so much. There's, there's things that's even bigger than that. And so he's pretty much in a rock, in a hard place in the system that's been really messed up for a long time, even before he was president or even before he even was in politics, whatever. So it is bigger than him, and it's a bigger situation. It's a you know, bigger thing that needs to be changed. And more has to be changed from the inside and out, but it can't be just one person. But, you know, I, obviously I do wish that he had moved on a lot of these things a lot earlier, or, when it, or especially when it started to kick off. But he's really, as the president of the United States and not the president of one people, He's really in a rock and hard place. It's not excuses, it's just reality. And I don't, I don't know what can be done on his mm-hmm. end because he's pretty much, pretty much stuck. Mm-hmm. What would you think? All right. Well, I appreciate you for calling in. Thank you. And um, let's see. Uh, yeah, so I definitely appreciate the call um, kicking me off right this evening. If you guys want to talk about anything um, the, tonight, you know, I do have my agenda, but I also want to hear from you. You know, it's 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 another week. It's another week. There's a lot going on and we definitely need to, you know, make sure that we have spaces for people to communicate and engage in dialogue. Um, I definitely agree. You know, Barack Obama is the president of the United States of America. Um, but I think when we limit this as a black people only issue, as if somehow he's not expected to um, lead. Right. I, I, I for a long time was one of those people who said, well, you know, we're holding him to a different standard. He's an American president. What do you expect him to do? But at the same time, when this when he when when you when you take up the mantle and decide, OK, yes, I am going to have this conversation and you framing in terms of respect and mutual understanding as if we're somehow on equal footing, as if somehow police officers and the public at large, which when we're talking about police brutality and police killings is disproportionately black. Um, it, it creates a very false narrative and it, and it sterilizes a conversation that absolutely is long past due, but we need more than just have like honest conversations because the conversation from what I surmised tonight comes up if it's tainting his, 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 successor, his handpicked successor, um, true, quite honestly, we should be demanding, you know, the black vote has been so, hmm, it is, it's been commodified without any actual value on return, right? We invest in democratic party. We invest in this mainstream establishment in electoral politics and we get nothing in return. We get nothing but lip service and tragedy. And that's so awful. Mm, That shouldn't happen. But if only this, we don't get real solutions. We don't get real, real, you know, action. What we do get is a whole lot of lip service. We get a whole lot of shaming and you need to be more understanding to hear the president say that that victims of police violence need to be more understanding of police without any condemnation for the practices and the procedures that exist. He's a constitutional law scholar. Okay. So he very well knows about violations of people's constitutional rights, deprivation of liberty, um, civil rights and justices. He knows. Loretta Lynch knows, right? These are not people who are just lay people who don't understand these concepts. You know, Barack Obama's bump, Barack Obama. (laughs) 
Barack Obama's family home in Chicago sits in the middle of one of, well, not in the middle, it sits on the edge of, you know, a rather rough neighborhood, a neighborhood. I mean, it's, he's in Hyde Park, but you go two blocks over, three blocks over, and you smack dab in the middle of the hood, brothers on the block. You got a lot of stuff going on. So I'm tired of the lip service from these so-called Negro leaders. And, you know, get get your backs up and get upset because I call people so-called Negro leaders. But, you know, I think about Malcolm X and that's exactly how they acted. You know what I'm saying? People out here acting like they somehow like a Negro whisperer because really this event and the other one and every little conversation that's happened in the past week has been to kind of calm people down because this summer is hot, you know, here in Atlanta. Um, and, and, and we've had we've seen we've seen occurrences all over the place. The ACLU just sued filed suit against the Baton Rouge Police Department over um, the recent arrests and activity, you know, in, in the in the protests that happened in Baton Rouge. Um, here in Atlanta, you know, we've had uh, protests, we've had marches, we had people um, in the last few nights who, who laid siege pretty much, who sat outside the protest in front of the governor's mansion demanding a meeting with the governor and the mayor. Um, to address some issues. And I, was, I was, wasn't going to get right to this, though, but it's a, it flows into this conversation. Um, here in Atlanta, this cop has now been fired. And, and when you hear the, you know, the, the Atlanta Police Department, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, they all admit that the cop was absolutely wrong. What he told um, investigators was contradicted, completely proven wrong um, by uh, 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 the, the dash cam, the, 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 the footage. Um, but 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 last month, uh, a young man, young black man was murdered here in Atlanta. Now, mind you, um, I can't remember if it's Campaign Zero or which group it is, but there is a, there was a study that was done. I talked about the unarmed killings in, in U.S. major U.S. cities. And there were like 10 cities or a certain number of cities where all the unarmed killings were of black people. And despite the fact that we have a black mayor, despite the fact that we have so many black um, leadership, right? Despite the fact that this is the home of Martin Luther King, Atlanta is one of those places that is on the list as having all the unarmed police shootings are all black people, right? All exclusively. And, and this young man, um, this young man, Deravis, um, Rogers was, uh, murdered. And we're going to stop using these euphemistic victim of police violence nonsense terms. This young man was murdered. He was blatantly murdered. This cop had no reason, no rhyme, no, no rationalization, no justification. He even admitted that he shot into this man's car. He's 22 years old. He shot and killed this young man, and he didn't even know who was in the car. He had no clue. He just shot into a car and killed this young man because... So, you know, save me all that. We need to understand where the police coming from. No, the police need to handle their damn business and do some internal investigating, do hold people accountable, take disciplinary action. I mean, but it's also on us. The onus is also on us. It is great that people can get out there and demand the right to have it shut down. The, 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 the protesting, this is great, but that is a tool. That is one tool that is in our box. You know what I'm saying? We can't all just then go home after things calm down, after maybe a prosecutor kind of throws us a little bone and throws a charge in there someplace. No, you got to follow through. You know, we need to be we need to be demanding like has been done here. Like people are starting to and people are starting to do this. Right. Because part of the thing we're talking about, well, you know, 
I'm, I'm, and, and it bothers me. No, no, this to old folks. You know, my parents, old folks, you know, but like people who say things like, well, back in the day when King or, you know, we've seen this before. Yeah, we did see this before. But you know why we're dealing with it again now? Because y'all didn't follow through and make sure that we didn't have to deal with it right now, 50 years later. We didn't have consistency and follow through over the years. Now, you know, yes, you know, we had leadership decimated, but we need people following through. We need people who step up, stand up, and take action in their communities on a consistent basis. It don't matter about presidential election cycles. It don't matter about, we shouldn't wait till somebody gets shot and murdered before we're ready to take it to city hall and make them hold accountable to the people that, that they're supposed to be representing. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to be consistent. We got to be active, engaged, and involved, and we have to demand better. So while we got all this, uh, any blue and unite blue and we needed because Trump is bad. Trump is evil. Trump is a system of what has been wrong in America since its inception. We live in a country that was built and grounded on racialized oppression, systemic de degradation and capitalistic exploitation. And until we really start look, taking a meaningful look at the, what is deeply rooted in American history, we have a caller. Caller, hi, how are you? Hello. Name and where you're from, and what's your comment or question? Oh, yeah. Hi, this is Eric. I'm calling from Santa Barbara, California. Hi. And uh, hi, good evening. I was hoping to connect with, uh, with Mr. Dixon tonight, but uh, happy to speak with you. I am really awesome. excited by your I'm show, sure. by Mr. Dixon's voice, and I'm so proud of him. I don't mean that in a condescending way, and I hope that uh, you or he doesn't take it that way. Listen, last night was his, like, benchmark show. He was just so real and raw, and he was really uh, evoking a young Malcolm spirit, and, uh, and I loved it. And here's, here's, what I, here's what I saw and what I heard last night. When we saw Officer Birch, I believe is the officer's name, um, in the discussion with the commanding officer, at one point, the officer said, well, what do you want me to do? Like, these young men are breaking the law. And this commanding officer was suggesting, well, it doesn't matter if they're jumping the turnstile or not. Why aren't you targeting them? She said, well, or he or she said, well, what do you want me to do? Uh, they're, they're not breaking the law. I go after people who break the law. If they happen to be young black men, then, then of course, we're going to see if they pop. Uh, but as far as just collaring kids who aren't breaking the law, it was just really suggestive. Uh, and, and I think Mr. Dixon, uh, Benjamin really just, he just really exposed what is happening out here. We, we all know it. We've known it for decades. We're starting to see proof of it. And, uh, and it's about time. Look, if you came out here to Santa Barbara, if you came to, uh, to the colleges out here, uh, some of the other nearby cities, if you have the same police tactics in these communities that, that we have in other communities in the United States, then, of course, the numbers would be different. We, we all recognize that. So, um, you know, much thanks to you and, and to, to Benjamin. The show is, is amazing. I'm so happy for, for you all's success. And um, last night's show was just off, off the scale. Oh, Great job. thank you. I appreciate the call in. Yeah, I'm sorry you didn't get to catch Ben, but Ben had something that took him away this evening and I'm here in his stead, but I, I know he'll definitely catch the good tidings when he catches up because he does like to check up on his baby, the show. 
um, yeah, these other babies. So, so thank you. Appreciate you, you so job. much. And I appreciate your advice as well. I don't want you to think that uh, you're somehow second best. I, I enjoy oh, no, your. I don't. Uh, I appreciate. Uh, I, I, I mean, the love the is all. It's well. all love. Progressive Army is all love. Thank you. Um, definitely. So, so definitely, um, when we're talking about like these incidences and these pushing, there's actually, there's more that we can do as, as active citizen participants. We can't just wait for somebody like president Obama to give a speech or because quite honestly, I'm disappointed in president Obama. Um, because when you think back to 2008, right. When he had to give that really great speech on race, right. Particularly when the Clinton started going and their operators started going really negative and kind of racial, it was really moving and inspiring and it was like so on point and it really invokes that understanding or so it seemed his conversation and tone now, um, along with Hillary Clinton's, I mean, every, this, this, this notion that to deal with systemic racism, to, to, to rid oppression, we need the oppressed and the oppressors to come together to a mutual understanding. Like, even yesterday with Hillary Clinton talking about um, Abraham Lincoln, she gave her her race speech yesterday and she spoke in the place on um, where, where where Abraham Lincoln gave his house divided speech. And she's talking about Abraham Lincoln and his commitment to, to, to abolitionism and ending slavery. You know, Abraham Lincoln was not an abolitionist. Clearly, just like with the conversation around reconstruction, she needs a little bit of a history lesson. She needs to stop talking so damn much about Abraham Lincoln and the Civil War era because she don't really know as much as she thinks she does. Um, why does that matter? No, that was over 100 years ago. When, 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 when we have people who proclaim themselves to be allies, who proclaim to be such great progenitors of, um, you know, uh racial justice, you know, supposedly they understand intersectionality, they're the best for us on these issues, but they fundamentally misunderstand the issues, the concepts, the background information that created the situation that we have today. To have someone sit there and romanticize Abraham Lincoln and his stance on slavery, Abraham Lincoln was not a fan of Black people. Um, he may not have personally, on a, a moral, personal grounds, he objected to slavery, but not because he felt that we were equal and should not be property. Um, he also was not actively fighting for our equal integration into American society. Um, that is something that happened in spite of him, but not because of him. And it's very detrimental and disconcerting when we have these um, proponents of the left, and we're going to get into the we are the left conversation a little bit with my, with my sis Karen, but, um, you know, we have these conversations and it's really disingenuous, it's really fake, and it's just enough to placate the colored folk so that we get in line and get information and vote because Trump bad, Trump racist, Trump evil. But he, check this out. People like Trump are allowed to exist because the same damn news agencies like ABC News, which is profiting right now off of black misery, black struggle, and black pain, allow idiots like him to have a damn platform. And you can say freedom of speech all you want to, but at the same time, there is nothing that's saying that the media empire in America has to uphold white supremacy in a way that it does. You don't need to support neo-fascism and then turn around and try to placate black folks because we don't have some Black Lives Matter attention on national airtime. No, nah, dude. Like, I'm real, like I said, I'm really disappointed in President Bob because all of this, you know, we need to understand people. Now, I'm not going to say that I don't teach my kids to respect people in positions of authority, but at the same time, I'm a person. I live, I exist, I breathe. You should respect that too. 
So don't tell me all this. We need to walk in each other's shoes nonsense. Like, nah, I don't got to walk in anybody's shoes. What you got to do is just respect my right to exist, respect my right to operate in space and respect my right to just, just, just live. Can I live? I mean, like, <sighs> so um, this evening earlier before, before the, the town hall even began, it was, it was clear that it was going to be a problem. Um, Erica Gardner, um, ES underscore snipes on Twitter. If you follow her, Eric Garner, Eric Garner's daughter was flown down to DC to participate as were the, um, family members of Alton, um, Sterling and others. Um, let's see the young man, Dylan Noble's parents were there as well. That's the young white man that was, uh, murdered by Fresno police, I believe last week, 19 years old. Um, the, that video is, is, is that has come out is also bothersome because, um, you can, he, he was having, there was something wrong with him. You know, like he was having, I think he was distressed because at some point, I think that the, the video, the audio, it's, it's something that's obvious. It's obvious that he's distressed, that he wasn't necessarily, he might've been a danger to himself, but that's no reason to kill him. But, but, the, but it's not even like the, the police, another one of those cases where the police can't even say that, oh my God, I feared for my life. Like we need to be involved. We need to be engaged and we need to be talking to mayors, city council folks, really put in the, 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 the screws to folks in terms of administrative procedures. Um, find out exactly what the administrative procedures and stuff are for your local police department. So, you know, what are they supposed to be doing? What are they supposed to be doing? If they don't have, if it's not made publicly available, submit a, submit a request. It's public information, open documents. Um, like, like seriously, um, but but she posted several several different people who who you know knew of the, the, the how it went during the taping. It was highly sanitized. She said she was promised that her questions would be answered um, by the president. And while she ended up getting a moment with him after the taping was done, none of her questions made it on air. Actually, for ABC, um, just for some people who are just updating me on Facebook now, it was very controlled. The questions for those of you who may have watched it. Um, this does not help us have a meaningful conversation on race. You know, basically, you know, trying to make white people feel good so that they're not feeling bad. I don't need you to apologize to me because you may or may not have had ancestors who may or may not have owned some of mine. Like, that's not the issue. The issue is we have issues today. We have a history that has never been completely adequately, like, properly addressed. And that has to change. Um, so like I was talking about here in Atlanta, um, the young man, Deravis Rogers, was murdered by Officer James R. Burst. And what Sergeant, one of the sergeants here said, he had no idea who was in the vehicle. He had no idea if that was the vehicle he should be concerned with. He just discharged his weapon. They would just shoot first and ask later. You know, and, and it's always, instead of taking accountability, instead of, instead of owning up to with a, a mis if it was an honest mistake, instead of owning up into it, owning up to it, you then lie and try to cover it up and save me the good cops nonsense, because there are quote unquote good cops out there who will either be silent or help in the aid in the cover up. You're not looking out for your brother or sister in blue. You're frustrating justice. You're, you're aiding and abetting a crime after the fact you're an accessory. Like, seriously, it's a problem. Um, you know, it's very disconcerting. So so what's happening now is, okay, so this officer has been fired. And this is actually, like, kind of huge because Georgia Bureau of Investigation, like, they've never done anything, really, in terms of cops and, and this type of misconduct. However, I mean, we had, I think it was an incident last year 
we had a couple of incidents last year. We had one, I know the young man was unarmed. He was bipolar. Um, maybe he was running naked through his, so it wasn't like he could have, he might've had an, he, he, you know, was running naked. Um, and, and, and the cops make, I mean, it's not just mistakes. It's, it's a, it's a reckless indifference and disregard for black life. And, and, and save me the all lives matter crap. Yes. All lives allegedly matter. Just like all men are created equal, right? Three fifths. Yeah. So, uh, well, we already know when people in this country say all, they don't necessarily mean all. They mean the select few that includes whatever group they belong to. So this needs to hold up these voices. This need to to definitely fight for these specific incidences doesn't mean that people like Dylan Noble aren't worthy of holding up and getting justice for as well. The whole damn system is corrupt. If you upset about Dylan Noble, then you should be upset about young Mr. Rogers right here. I mean, this is tragic. How do you just walk up and just start shooting in somebody's car and you have no clue what's going on or if that's even a car that you should, not even a car he should have been concerned about. Doesn't even make any sense. Like who does that? But we're supposed to be understanding. We're supposed to be uh, uh, respectful because, you know, oh, they have a hard job too. There's a meme today that I saw somebody had on Facebook and as a social worker that said all jobs matter. Um, the social worker said, you know, we go into the same neighborhood as these cops, but um, all we are, are, we don't have a gun. We don't have a bulletproof vest. All we have are clipboards. I chuckled because that's kind of funny. Um, you know, social workers potentially are in some volatile situations as well. You know, police officers, and this again is not to make light of when, when police officers are hurt or in the line of duty. I have friends have, you know, extended family members who are police officers definitely love and respect them all. But at the same time, there is something that's really wrong, insidious and inappropriate, um, um, destructive, uh, inhumane that is happening in police departments across the country. It is pandemic. It is problematic. And it absolutely has to be addressed. And it's not going to happen by, you know, talking about mutual respect. You know, this is not some 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 nuclear weapons armistice we're talking about here. This is about people's lives. This is about, you know, actually making sure that police, you know, are not un acting out of the bounds of their like actual authority. Instead of creating new boundaries for the authority to justify what has been done, we need to actually hold them to a meaningful standard so that people can go home to their families. You know, um, today the family, it, I mean, today's just so, it's, it's really, it's really disheartening. Um, it is, is, really disheartening. Um, and at the same time we have this rise in, you know, protecting police. Like we, we, including the president and, and secretary Clinton and others at this time, it is, like I said, it's, it's, it's unfortunate when police officers are put in harm. It is unfortunate when you have incidences like happening in, in North Dallas, but those are very, very rare in comparison. Right. Um, but somehow the, the country, you know, legislators, and not just, and this is what I'm talking, I'm talking about Democrats. These are Democrats all across the country can get all up in arms about protecting police and hate crime legislation being extended, you know, because blue lives matter, but no one is willing in terms of these legislators, in terms of the president, no one's really willing to take a hard stance on addressing the issue and police brutality, police killings, and lack of accountability. No one is willing to address the fact that prosecutorial discretion is dangerous and leaves so much on the table 
and we have people who walk in the streets with tons of complaints in their jackets. We have people who have repeat, repeat killings on their records. But we got to respect them. We, we got to understand what it's like to be in their shoes. If your job is too tough, if you can't cut it, do something else. This, again, doesn't mean I don't respect people or don't appreciate folks who do their job. I told when we had this debate on a friend's Facebook thread, one of my girlfriends here, she, she wrote a, a thread about what she felt needed to be done immediately. And other people chimed in. And one of the conversations we had, uh, a friend who's a who's a attorney general, um, works for the attorney general's office, friend said, you know, um, her police officers all have relationships with their communities. She's she's African-American woman. Um, and I said, you know, being in Charleston, this is back in Charleston, West Virginia. So in Charleston, West Virginia, that was actually probably my most ex positive experiences with the police officers. Why? Because they were a part, they were, they, they were not just, they lived in a community, they were a part of their community. Not saying that there aren't issues with cops in, in Charleston too. I mean, of course there are. There are issues with cops all over the country. But, you know, the one time I remember, I remember I had two, two instances, both involving my son and, you know, white cops, little black boys, eh, not a good combination. Um, but there are experiences where people see people as people, right? Versus a threat versus whatever. I don't know now how they would see my son now that he's 12 and five foot nine, five foot 10 and 150 pounds. But back then, you know, these conversations, I think the Boy Scout uniform helps some, um, but, you know, we, we, we need people to be accountable. And I mean, I understand why people talk about, you know, the need for folks to be in from these communities. Um, but we have to be able to use our voice and not. And like I said, people standing up, people demanding action. But we need people to stand with us consistently and not just when it's cool for the gram to be at a protest. Um, we need people there even when the cameras are not there. And we need to continue having these conversations. I believe Sean King's even said this in a previous interview with Ben. Um, we need to continue having these conversations. We need to continue this dialogue beyond these high moments of outrage. We, you know, recently, um, I think the ESPYs, the ESPYs, right? The ESPYs were last night um, and Carmelo Anthony. And so I'm giving Carmelo Anthony the shout out. I'm giving Carmelo Anthony the cred. Um, I read a report uh, article that said that um, LeBron's people or the ones that actually reached out to the public, the, 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 the ESPYs to make this happen. But for those who have been following over the past, well, not just the past week, but also following Carmelo Anthony for a while, know that it is Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony is the one that is the activist. You know, Carmelo Anthony is the one that has been pretty consistently involved. You know, for those who are familiar with the group, the Young Lords from New York, um, his dad was a Young Lord. Um, Carmelo Anthony has done some outreach in Puerto Rico. Um, he, he not only spoke out and marched in Baltimore last year, but he, he, like I said, he's been consistently active engaged and, and he, he had a, he took the, he took to Instagram last week and also had a post in the daily news. He said, the system is broken point blank period. It has been this way forever. Martin Luther King marched, Malcolm X rebelled, Muhammad Ali literal fought for us, fought for us, sorry. Our anger should be towards the system. If the system doesn't change, we will continue to turn on the TVs and see the same thing. We have to put pressure on the people to in, in charge in order to get this thing we call justice right. A march doesn't work. We tried that. I've tried that. A couple of social media post tweets don't work. We've all tried that. That didn't work. Shooting 11 cops and killing five cops will not work. 
while I don't have a solution, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't have a solution, we need to come together more than anything at this time. We need each other. These politicians have to step up and fight for change. I'm calling for all my fellow athletes to step up and take charge. Get to your local officials, leaders, congressmen, assemblymen, assemblywomen, and demand change. There's no more sitting back and being afraid of tackling and addressing political issues anymore. Those days are long gone. We have to step up and take charge. We can't worry about what endorsements we're going to lose or who's going to look at us crazy. I need your voices to be heard. We can demand change. We just have to be willing to. The time is now. I'm all in. Take charge. Take action. Demand change. Carmela Anthony. Like, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. So, so you know, everybody's like, oh, LeBron James and, and, and the other NBA players did this. You know, Bron Bron done said his little bit here and there um, over the past year or two. But 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 I I the first thing I thought of when I saw the headline crediting LeBron James and not Carmelo Anthony, again, it's not even about the credit, right? But 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 I really do feel the need to highlight the fact that it is Carmelo who has been extremely active, engaged, not just in his community, but in other communities here back in Puerto Rico. Um, that's important to know. Because when people are issuing it, he issued a challenge. And it's great to see that his fellow basketball players took, took you know, took heeded the call. Um, there have been several other athletes who have heeded the call. Um, but, you know, I'm reminded of the summer 68 Olympics when John Carlos um, and Tommy took took the stand, right? You know, when they the tr track and field they place first and third america got first place and third place and that's that's the black power fist picture right and they were act they actually lost their their, their medals over that originally um it'd be great for those who actually do go to the olympics i mean i know there's been a call for black athletes and other athletes to boycott the olympics this year for various reasons including some of the issues that are going on in brazil we could talk about that um ahead of the olympics but um but yeah, but I felt the need to really highlight Carmelo Anthony because what he's saying is exactly right and he's on point and we need to demand change. We need to make sure we're talking. So yes, the presidential election and all Hillary Clinton is our only hope because Donald Trump is so bad and evil. America's bad and evil. I'm sorry. There are good things here. There are bad things here, but America's bad and evil. Um, I, I'm not scared. I'm not bothered. I got a really hateful message on African-Americans for Bernie today, um, which I've mentioned I admin. Uh, from someone who was mad because we shared Dr. Gloud's piece from time about how he was not going to be bullied into voting for Hillary Clinton. And that person was outraged, called us Uncle Toms and all types of stuff. It's like, dude, are you listening to yourself? Like, really? Um, I have the right to exercise my vote as I see fit. You can't tell me what to do. And I really do think that we have a lot of work to do in voting, you know, making sure we don't get the bad person in. You know, we've had the Democratic Party telling us for like 30 years at least now that we got to make sure the bad people don't get in because we got to make sure the bad people don't get in. But they don't do anything else. And we look at this new brand of democracy that was brought to us care of the first Clinton administration. It's it's whack. It's Republican light. You know, people can say, oh, that's not true because we had this and we had that. Look, y'all are nostalgic and I'm sure we could do a show on that too. But we really do need to take stock and look forward and keep people accountable. So vote as you vote on the, on, on the national level, do what you're gonna do, but make sure you are putting the pressure on these people who are in positions, you know, at the local level, at the state level. I was talking to my godmother, I mentioned it before, Professor Judith, Judith Scully, um, uh, uh, Gulf, she's in Gulfport, Florida, 
um, Stetson Law School. Stetson Law School is actually, I think, the only law school to have a chapter of Dream Defenders. Pretty cool. Um, anyway, so we were talking about this issue of police brutality. As I mentioned before, she's done criminal defense work in Chicago, civil rights work. She's handled several cases involving the John Burge era police brutality cases in Chicago. Um, so we were talking about, you know, she's like, yeah, everybody wants, you know, national police reform. That's really great lofty idea. But she said that really what we really need to be talking about is looking at strategies on our state and local levels, because that's really where you have the best shot when you're working with your individual police departments, your individual we, we need to have, not saying that you abandon the national movement for police reform, but at the same time, we really do need to have these controlled conversations on the local level because it's that level of engagement because you can directly, you know, cut out the middleman and, and, and address the issues that need to be addressed right then and there. So there's action that needs to be taken. So regardless of Trump or Hillary, I mean, we have a lot to work to do in our communities across the board and we need to keep doing that. So I'm excited. Um, to kind of switch it up a little bit, still, still continuing on, we're going to talk about, you know, we are the left. We are the left. Um, or as Ben said earlier today, we are leftish. Um, so Karen is here to talk with me, my, 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 my sister in a struggle, who's actually going to be joining me, um, you know, from, from time to time on the way. And, um, you know, welcome to Progressive Army, sis. Uh, Karen's Hi. coming on board with us. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Anna? I am hanging in there. Um, you know, it's been another day. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like we can't get a break with the news and everything else is going on. Um, yeah, I'm probably yeah, going to no, check out every, this weekend too. Every day it's, it feels like there's just more and more. That it's, it's insane. It's everything. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, so I'm sure everybody's already seen the post about we are the left by now. There was some letter off authored by the left. Um, that convenient excluded mm -hmm. a lot of us, right? I mean, <laughs> we are arguable, the left. arguable, the arguable left. Um, we are the we are the, the 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 chosen few of the left, supposedly. Um, ben had a really great break, great, great great takedown of the left. Um, you can check them out on Twitter. They are We Are The Left on Twitter and several different people. And apparently there was some issue earlier today where they were retweeting someone who was uh, anti-trans or homophobic or something, and they weren't really paying attention. You know, they have these really strange allegiances. You know, a couple of the people are people that Ben is at interactions with, that people have dug up old tweets from them, and they've said some pretty hateful, racist mm -hmm homophobic, transphobic things in the past, but, you know, they're the left. Um, they represent us not well, very much I, at all. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to disagree with that. <laughs> I don't Go think ahead. That. <laughs> uh, I mean, if anybody's familiar with uh, with what I've been saying, yeah, a lot. So what I'm seeing, and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people who are in a similar position where we uh, who are, uh, you know, the left, what, is, what does it mean to be a leftist? What does it mean to be on the left? Um, right. Apparently, it just means that you are not a complete right-wing Looney Tune. Uh, apparently, it just means you're not a complete, outright, open racist. And so, a lot of what these people who signed this letter and other people among that crowd think is they just define themselves by what they're not. So, mm -hmm. oh, we are not Republicans. We are not. Uh, you know, evangelical, whatever, you know, people, we're not uh, hardcore homophobes. So right. a lot of what they define is what, by what they're not. 
and uh, or or they might be pro-choice, uh, right. you know, or a pro-gay marriage and things like that. But as you know, the the thing is that I've lived in um, a few countries, and the way that the left, what what is the left, is not just about these personal freedoms, which is also part of the left, but it's also about the larger social structure. And in the social structure, these people who signed this letter um, are not the left, not for the most part. Some of them might be, but there is a there's more to the left than, uh, as I said in one of my tweets, there's more to it than being uh, pro-choice and pro-gay marriage. Yes, yes, I saw that one. You know, I probably retweeted there's, it. There's more to it. I mean, the left is about challenging um, the dominating a system uh, that is a system of exploitation, oppression, uh, financial, uh, you know, dominance by certain, you know, small minority, 1% corporations. Um, it's, it's socialism, you know, in which is like regulated, uh, regu regulated, very regulated, robust version of capitalism or, mm -hmm. or capitalism that's very well regulated. Or, you know, I mean, there's a spectrum you know, obviously, but these people are very, very close to the center of, you know, or even center right. Right. <laughs> so they can't claim they're the left. I feel like it's arrogant. It's appropriation. Yeah. And they didn't ask any of us who are also on the left. And well, apparently actually... some of the people they refer to weren't even included in the initial conversation or even asked to sign on. Um, yeah, there was at least one it was person. Hubris. It's a lot of hubris on their yeah. part, really. They, and, and they, go ahead. No, sorry. I was going to say they used somebody's story without her, uh, their her consent, and then another person also asked them to uh, ask them to remove her name. So yeah, so I've been seeing this too. Particularly when the the, the I mean, for those who aren't aware, one of the young women um, who were involved in the Black Lives Matter interruption in Seattle, Bernie Sanders last summer, she was used as a reference, right? Because because quite honestly, a lot of this is positioned as if um, there's something, basically it's they're the real left and basically the Bernie bros are, that, uh, that the, 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 the pseudo left i.e., you know, the Bernie Sanders rising movement is is full of just just white people who are threatened by identity politics and, and don't understand and don't embrace diversity. When that's far from the truth, you're looking at two women of color right here, <laughs> you know, um, who who defy the constant knowledge. And 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 that that letter did not speak for our experience. Maybe there are people out there who that they did speak from, but to speak with such authority and and, and absolutism as if, you know. That is the absolute truth and the whole truth and nothing else could be true is farther from the truth, really. Um, when you when you're really like 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 you were just saying, when you're looking at upholding certain systems of oppression and equality, but hey, we got diversity, you know, when your version of diversity is now we have some black and Latino and other people of color in these positions of power held by white people without dismantling the position of power that actually oppresses and, and, and subjugates others, you're not really left you're maybe at best left ish um like it's 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 so, so reading so there are a couple of cool takedowns on twitter a couple of cool medium posts and stuff that i've seen um but 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 my biggest problem with this is like i said it's predicated on a bunch of fallacies that have been per perpetrated over the past year that continue to do so as if somehow this hillary clinton alliance is the best 
when we talk about issues of intersectionality, really intersectionality and feminism are words I want to die. Like I just want them to die. I want people to stop using them all together. Um, not because not because they're not good words or not because there's something wrong with the concepts, because they have been completely hijacked. Like I like I said earlier, it's it's like when, when people start using bling bling on TV, like it completely has no meaning anymore. You know, when they talk about how we're 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 concerned about identity politics, they they clearly forget about class. Right. They throw oh, yeah. out the window. Oh, yeah. If you don't agree with them and their, you know, neoliberal diversity, then somehow you're anti-left, you're anti-progress. But what you're calling progress is really just maintenance of the existing system, with maybe a smidge of a little something temporarily incremental that might help right now, but it's going to cause disaster down the line. I mean, that's what we saw in the, the 90s. <clears throat> under Bill Clinton. You know, you may have had some things that alleviated the system and made financially things a little better for the time being, but we saw exacerbated conditions going into the 2000s, culminating in, excuse me, the financial crisis, the current condition in Puerto Rico. I mean, it, it's it's problematic on so many different levels, and I'm really tired of the appropriation, uh, well, misappropriation, the, um, the, the, the identity policy is being used as a shield to hide very bad policy, to hide very, these, these are people who support a warmonger who has no problem killing brown people abroad, who has no problem killing women, women and children abroad because you know what, it's a business opportunity. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I don't understand how uh, people who supposedly claim to be feminists and who claim to be uh, progressive, you know, who are, Okay, first of all, this letter, just to give a background for anybody in the future or who might not have heard about this, uh, you know, was signed by a bunch of, a few dozen people. And mm. I came across this yesterday morning when I, yeah, yesterday morning. And then I, re I read through it, and then I saw the list of signature, uh, signatures at the bottom. And that's, what, you know, I read through it, and the letter itself read a bit like, uh, you know, Okay, so it, the letter addresses the uh, uh, mostly the uh, you know quote unquote har harassment or abuse or trolling of women uh, on the internet. So mm -hmm. there you know there a lot of there were anecdotes and stories and about how women are being harassed on the internet and the, and basically the gist of the letter was that they're being harassed by leftist dude bros, white dude bros. You mm -hmm. know that was the narrative of the letter, and you know obviously Bernie was mentioned. It wasn't mentioned, I don't think, anything, I mean, it could be that I blocked some of it out, but I don't think they mentioned how many times women have been harassed by Hillary supporters exactly. as well. So that was I've just been, left out. I've been harassed by, by Hillary supporters of all yeah. shit, colors, and Male gender. and female. Yes. I've, been, I've, been I've been told by white that. Hillary supporters, I owe white women the right to vote, among other things. Like, yes. Well, um, yeah. And all kinds of things. And um that wasn't mentioned so that obviously showed a certain bias against bernie mm -hmm. and then i when i saw the letters uh, signatures then it made sense to me because like you know a vast majority of them i recognize them right away as people who have been shilling for hillary for this you know for the entire previous six months mm -hmm. and who have been actively um you know sort of engaging in a narrative that uh, was apologetic, you know, they were, they were making excuses for all the rigging, the vote rigging. They were making excuses for all the sexism that we saw from the Hillary camp. You know, they were, they were they, meanwhile, turning around calling us sexist and then erasing our gender. These are the same people who had no qualms yeah. with David Brock and, and, and uh, what's his name? The other one from Blue Nation Review. 
I can't stand him. I can't even think of his name. I'm drawing a bunch of like calling things rape that were not rape. Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. being told she needs to uh, uh, participate in a California debate. That being compared to rape was absolutely yes. atrocious. Things that are not rape should never be compared to rape. And all of those while ignoring all the things about Bill Clinton that we yes. know, we're absolutely all, all people were absolutely silent on those issues. I mean, they were also they also used the example of the, like I said, the young woman from Seattle interrupting Bernie in the way they were. Perceived as being treated, and there was no mention of the young women that, and the young people in general that Hillary Clinton has had tossed out of events that yep. she has told. You know, why don't you just go run for something? I mean, exactly. all types of other condescending things that have come out of her mouth. I mean, you know, it's it's a problem. If we're gonna we, if we're gonna hold people accountable, if we're gonna say there's an issue, then we need to stop with this. You know, this pseudo positioning of righteousness as if somehow we're speaking up and defending, you know, some concept when really we're just trying to maintain our position in the evil empire. I mean, you know, I don't have on my, my, my empire strength. I don't have on my millennium Falcon shirt tonight, but you know, I'm still all rebel one up. Okay. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm rebel number one. Um, yeah, but no, but, 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 and this is why I have a problem with getting behind Hillary Clinton. I get you guys, Trump, bad, Trump, evil, boogeyman, Ooh, America's bad and evil to some extent, um, in many ways. And I cannot get behind an effort to, um, miss, miss, misuse. I can't give my, to misuse struggle, to misuse identity, to misuse, um, so many issues that need to actually be really addressed, um, that, that are not, it's not happening. And and we want to sit here and project and pretend that, you know, we're actually making some type of progress when really we're not. Things are not going to change for you um, under Hillary Clinton. You know, they're trying to tell you that things are going to be really bad under um, well, Trump. You know, if Pence actually does turn out to be his VP, I mean, that, that may be, a, 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 you know, a point. You definitely need to make an informed decision for yourself. But I do think no matter what you do voting-wise, if you do decide Unite Blue is for you or not, you need to challenge bad narratives and bad rhetoric like this. Like it has and, to be and, a challenge. Know, for some of these people, they actually are working for the Hillary Clinton Yes, like, that is even more Rebecca, disingenuous. Yes. Rebecca Traster works for Hillary Clinton. Um, I think uh, Jessica Valenti has family members who have worked with the Hillary Clinton Fund, with the Clinton Foundation. And there are other like, you know, sort of um, implications that some of these people are, you know, I mean, and it, and then, you know, you have like Mira Tandon, right? And I think Joan Walsh or her daughter yes. works for her. So there's yes. all these connections. Yes. That's just the ones we know of. Okay. So uh, there's financial gain for these people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these people do stand to gain. They'll get, you know, they'll get various little positions. They're, they'll be set for life. They'll get a nice big, uh, six uh, figure salary. And, you know, they'll, they'll, they're going to write their books and have their little, little, you know, things. So they're going to special be treatment in the press corps yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the rest of us, no. Yeah, no. And, and, and it's, 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 it's disconcerting too, because just like what you said, like, you know, like we've seen with CNN, right? People using, you know, paid analysts supposedly who are really actually paid employees of either mm-hmm. super PACs or PACs related to the Clinton campaign or, you know, somehow otherwise affiliated campaign. I mean, this has been a spin job from day one. And this, we are the left letter is another half check job. This is another attempt to try and galvanize people and push them towards a certain candidate because Trump bad is not working. 
I mean, I was having a conversation with someone on Twitter earlier when we were just talking about how this is just an awful election cycle. You know, you take Bernie Sanders out of the equation, which was really the only thing that even interested anyone on the, the left, quote unquote, right? Um, it's just really depressing because Hillary Clinton sucks and Donald Trump sucks. And you're just like, this is really, my 15 year old threatens me with her passport all the time. She's like, I'm leaving. I'm getting my passport and I'm going mommy. Um, that's not really happening, but, 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 but it's, it's in, in the conversation I was having earlier, we were talking about how this is more like 2000, not 2008, you know, 2008 was a historic yeah. election. People were really galvanizing and energized. This is like 2000. Everybody's like, Oh, can this already be over? You know, mm-hmm. Gore was okay. Lieber, Lieberman was a craptastic choice for a VP, did nothing to energize the ticket. You know, thinking about the, the, the vice president's selection of these two, um, now in this cycle, it's probably going to depress folks even more. Like it's not, they're going to have to pay people to go vote. Like really it's, it's not, I don't know. It's just, it's really <laughs> the, you know, this letter I sort of got, I mean, I could be wrong, but it seemed like it was another one of these David Brock things. I would be surprised if it was a David Brock organized which for all and, the black women that are involved, I'm so surprised that you yeah. all would continue to align yourself considering how she allows that man to exist within her circle yeah. and how he has decimated, not just people in general, but specifically Anita Hill. Like that is yeah. just, that is just, I mean, I, I don't, people act like things are so unforgivable, but then yet they overlook things like that. Like even the conversation I was just having about black lives matter, blue lives matter issues, the, these these very poor conversations on race. You have all these people like, yes, Slay Queen, Hillary, oh my God. And then they get upset about these very poor conversations on race, but they don't make the connection. You know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a serious disconnect happening right now. And, <laughs> and I don't know that we're actually going to change anyone's mind or viewpoint, but I do know that we need to continue to call out for false narratives and know that does not mean that I'm ideologically poor, uh, pure. I, I actually, I reject ideological purity. I had people yelling at me last night because I was questioning Jill Stein. I mean, we should question everyone and everything. That doesn't mean you don't get behind people, but you hold people, you, if you don't ask questions, how can you hold anyone accountable? Well, it's about degrees and it's about, mm-hmm. for me, it's like, you know, yeah, nobody's perfect. I'm not expecting a perfect candidate or perfect anything, uh, but, there are different degrees. There are there are, uh, you know, degrees of difference between mm-hmm. Hillary and between Bernie, or between Hillary and Bernie and Jill, or Trump on the other side. I mean, it's you know, um, on some issues, Trump is to the left of Hillary. Yes, especially when you talk about militarism, you talk about you know, yeah, Palestine, TPP. Israel. I mean, TPP. There. I mean, at least if, what he, if he brings if he brings Pence on board, then you know, it, it's a whole other conversation. Yeah. I mean, he's a racist. Yeah fascist, you know, sexist, like, there's no way I'm not defending him. I'm just saying on some issues, he's still left her. So I think a lot of these distinctions about left, right are sort of modeled, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. words do have meaning and left means, you know, left is more towards uh, equitable, uh, you know, anti-oppression in all aspects. And that includes Mm -hmm. class. In fact, that is where the idea of left is like rooted. It's not rooted in just, you know, having gay marriage and having uh, access to abortion and, and, and gay just marriage, those things. Think about it too, gay marriage, that even that battle is a very classist battle because marriage is something that's, that is that is a privilege that in many cases only people of a certain class Thank can even afford yes. to indulge in. Yeah. You know, so, most people, so, 
when you're talking about issues, you know, we're like, yeah, gay marriage, but we still have housing and job discrimination, which really tends to impact people who are lower income and working class than anyone else. Um, when well, you're talking about that discrimination. As a queer woman, this is actually a huge issue because I, I don't care about gay marriage. I've never actually, I mean, I care about equality. And, but for me, it's not that I, and this has actually been written about in many papers and magazines and articles and everything that gay marriage thing has become, it's taken over the LGBT rights thing, which it's not the biggest issue. And it's a big, it became the biggest issue because like a lot of cis gay men and some cis gay women, you know, who have more money than uh, mm -hmm. trans youth, for example, or, you know, younger gay people or uh, bi people, or, you know, a lot of their issues like homelessness, um, right. Uh, you know, things like that became less important and gay marriage became more important because there's more money in, in cis gay men and, uh, you know, who want to get married. So it became mm. this issue for the whole community, but it really isn't. And there's a lot of queer people like me who are like, we don't give a shit. Like, it's not the main issue. And and it is a conservative issue, really. Marriage is a sort of like a traditional Marriage is a traditional conservative, exactly. It so, is. And like you said, you have issues with, with you know, we have, we, when we talk about police killings or not police killings, when we talk about killings going unpunished, unsolved, you know, people yeah. who need protection, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about trans people, trans people in general, but trans people of color, you know, trans, trans people of color and trans sex workers. Trans um, sex workers. Um, so we talk, yeah, and we talk about the issues with, with teen homelessness. You know, like I said, the housing discrimination, the fact that you could be fired because of your because of your sexuality, because of your choice of partner. Well, not choice of partner, but um, because of those things, you can be refused housing. People who you love, actually, love. Yes. You know, Thank you for. <laughs> there's still states. Uh, I don't know the exact number, but there's still states that allow. Uh, open discrimination against trans people that it's, it's called uh, the, it's called the trans panic or something and it used to actually be mm -hmm. uh, for all gay men but now it's like under basically trans person can just be fired or kicked out of the house for no reason just because somebody can claim that they got that they scare them that they are uncomfortable around the trans like it's literally on the books it's legal so yep, it's 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 and this is in the majority it's, of the states. This is a huge, and this is a huge evil. And when you talk about housing, when you talk about jobs, these are like mm -hmm. huge issues that affect people primarily on a class level more so than anything else. People don't, you know, when you people when you're lower and working class, poor, you don't have the same access to legal recourses to challenge these decisions as if you were someone who was middle or upper middle class or whatever. So it's not a concern in the same way. So no, I and here we go back to our conversation about we are the left. There is the left. And then there's leftish, and a lot of people who consider themselves left are leftish, exactly, even, yeah, or they're left on certain issues. It's like when people say they're they're what socially socially liberal and fiscally conservative. Mm -hmm. that well, that mean. that means you're a conservative. That means you're a right winger. I'm sorry, but you know everybody's socially liberal now. You know everybody's socially left. Like it's the end uh, thing you know, to be. You know, even apparently even. Um, what's his name? Newt Gingrich is getting a little socially liberal now. I mean, yeah. And you know the next generation of uh, evangelical Christians, uh, their their younger people are like pro gay marriage. You know, so uh, the social liberalism. I mean, they're still like anti uh, choice or anti abortion, but you know, social liberalism is confused as being left, but it's not. So, yeah. so liberalism. You know, I, I was explaining this to somebody. Liberalism is about not having the state uh, basically get into your stuff. Like mm -hmm. not, you know, uh, deregulation. That's what liberalism really means. It's not having right. to intervene in your on your life, and that's 
uh, most people, I think, agree, right? So, so we are all socially liberal in terms. I don't want the state telling me, you know, who to marry or what to do or, or you know, abortions and um, various things like that. We're all liberal on that, um, as, as in we and the people who signed this letter. But if they're economically conservative, which means uh, fiscally conservative, which means they don't want to have high, you know, they don't want to have, they want lower taxes. They want to cut, cut backs in social services. Um, they, you know, they're not pro like labor laws or like unions and, right. and env environmental regulations. Those are the things that make them right wingers. So they're not left. I mean, you can see, yeah, you're right. They're leftish on some issues, social issues. But if economics cannot just be separated from social issues, you know, they like it you cannot. said, they affect they affect people. And, and this goes back to the conversation earlier about how intersectionality is a word that has been completely taken out of context. It's been misappropriated, misconstrued. It's been mm -hmm. bastardized for back of a lack of a better term. Um, yeah. because they, they will talk about feminism as it applies to the individual. Like how you put how you make something like feminism or racial justice work or any of this stuff, an individualistic thing, I, it's not, in, it, that's not even at the core of the work. Um, it, it's, 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 it's driven in equality and parity. And, and, and if you, that's not what you're striving for, you're just throwing around words because you want to throw around words. And but, you're just um, using these words to, to get yourself ahead of the game, right? You're just yes. a narcissist. And I mean, like literally, I just took earlier, literally like an hour ago, we tweeted something oh, we about. Have a, we have a call. Caller, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from and what's your question or comment? Hi, so I'm apologizing right now for interrupting, but um, this is Wendy oh, no, you're currently fine. in Brazil. Yay. Hello. Hi. Um, so yeah, really quickly, I mean, a few months ago when I called in, um, I spoke to Ben because he was, he was having a bit of a, a rant, but a respectable one. Um, about the power and the need to really emphasize class. And I said, I remember mm -hmm. calling in and saying, you know, um, we have to be careful that we don't put class above all other aspects of identity, but that we recognize the intersections, right? Um, and I think this We Are the Left uh, letter, which is atrocious in so many ways, was sort of a really, really poorly done failed attempt to do that. So it's sort of, it's sort of what I would like to see, but not through that lens and not through not from the people who wrote it. Um, I think that there's a way to more intelligently discuss class, race, and other aspects of mm -hmm. identity as they overlap without having to completely divorce oneself of a class critique. Um, and I, and I, you know, I think, as I said last night, uh, for those of you who had seen me tweeting about this, but one of the things that I think is so frustrating about the letter is the timing, right? So some people yes. have read it as a sort of shut up Bernie, like Bernie bros, you know, go, go to hell, like people who supported Bernie, no more talking, whatever, this is going to put you guys in your place. Um, but at the end of the day, it's also at a moment where we're having a major like national crisis about police brutality. We have people dying. And I think one of the things that I personally have seen, and I'm sure many others have seen as well, is sort of a reluctance among even black organizers in some cases to acknowledge these really, really important intersections between race and class. I see right now, again, a lot of language about, you know, well, black people who are rich also get profiled by the police or middle class black people get profiled by the police. And I will say this right now, as someone who used to live in Bedside, there is a significant difference between being poor and black and living in a poor black neighborhood and the amount mm -hmm. of police presence that you have um, or how you look, how you dress, how you speak. There are ways yep. that class is coded 
Um, just like blackness is coded, there are things that people recognize as, as related to class and race. And I think mm -hmm. dismissing that is, is a terrible flaw in these movements. And I think it's, it's one of the reasons why we saw a lot of the supposed gains of the civil rights movement not really take hold because we were constantly pushing up against this inability as a community to, as, and as a nation, to be honest, to address class differences within um, ethnic groups and within racial groups. Um, and one other really quick thing, um, I, you know, I was speaking to some other people about this last night after reading several responses to We Are the Left and kind of trying to come up with like, how do we, how do we address this, right? Because obviously, right. as both of you have mentioned and as others have mentioned, the people who wrote this are people with power, right? They, they are part of campaigns. They are writing for magazines. They're writing books. Sadie Doyle has a book out, right? So there are people with particular um, material power um, and they have access. And I'm just trying to figure out, like, what is the response? How can we as people who are, I don't want to say the real left, because I'm not in this sort of, again, purity fight, right? But I'm, I'm trying to figure out how, how do we as activists, how do we as scholars, how do we as thinkers, how do we as regular people who want to see a formed left that is truly intersectional and that does incorporate class and that does incorporate questioning power and imperialism and all these things, where do we go from here, right? And how do we... How do we reclaim that language so that we don't have to throw the word left or the word intersectionality in the trash, right? Like, what can we do <laughs> to get it back? <laughs> and I think that's Very the well challenge said. that I personally am having, right? Like, how, and, I mean, how, how, do we, how do we articulate this message without alienating a lot of people? Because, A, that thing was unreadable. I mean, it was just, it was a mess. Like, I, on a purely <laughs> linguistic it level, it was yeah, awful. It was really bad. So how do we include people, but how do we also not um, replicate a similar type of language and form of, of talking about these issues as these people did, which I, I didn't like. So. Gotcha. Caller, what's your name? Cause I missed your name. Who is this? Sorry. I said, what's your name? I missed your name when you oh, called this is in. Oh uh, yeah. There's a delay because I have, I'm calling in from Skype cause I'm still in Brazil. So there's a delay. Wendy, Wendy is that you? May not have. Yeah. Oh, Hey girl. Okay. So hey, I'm going to email you. <laughs> Wendy from Twitter? Wendy? That's Wendy from Twitter. So oh, shout, hi, out Wendy. Wendy. shout out to Wendy. I'll be tweeting out Wendy uh, as email stuff. Uh, 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 not email, but her her tweet, her her Twitter handle, if y'all don't know Wendy already, because Wendy be dropping knowledge all the time. I'm, as I'm sitting there, I was like, Wendy, I'm like, who is that? Yeah, <laughs> Wendy's awesome. And uh, her Twitter awesome is and the... absolutely on point. So how do we, yeah. I don't know, Wendy, maybe you need to come on and tell us what we need to do, <laughs> Professor. I, mean, I, don't I have an idea. idea. I'm really at a loss. Yeah, and the... it's frustrating go because, ahead, you know, yeah. I'm seeing, I was talking I'm to seeing this from the Sorry, side go ahead. and it's, it's terrifying, like, what it, what it could mean in the future. I've always said, I think, I've you know, the language around um, intersectionality that I saw the Clinton team throw out, it frightened me because yes. I was like, oh, no, this is the end. You know, like, you look at this and you say, okay, nope, can't use that word anymore. And so I think that, you know, a big, a big part of power is by silencing one side, your opposition, right, or, or people who try to critique you. And if you remove the language, if you, if you get rid of one's language, then how are you supposed to speak back to this sort of power, right? If, so if you remove the rhetoric, if you, move, if you remove the terms by which we refer to ourselves, right, then how do you, I mean, you can't call yourself anything. You can't unify around a specific term or idea. And so I think this is part of, it's part of a larger practice and a part of a larger project that we're yeah. going to see going forward if Clinton uh, is president. I don't, I don't think this is the end. I think this is just the beginning of what we're going to see going forward. And we have to think of creative ways to counter that. 
That's so, exactly what I was saying sense. is that this is an appropriation. This was an attempt to take that word, the concept of, I mean, they got Bernie, right? They got Bernie to endorse her or whatever. And literally like the next day, I think, or two days later, they came up with this letter. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, literally, they just create a Twitter account. They get 25, 30 signature, signatures on it. Some people, they didn't even apparently ask. Um, it seemed like a very concerted effort. And it seemed like a very specific effort. Like they got, people got together and said, okay, we got Bernie. Now, how do we get the rest of these people? Oh, let's just declare ourselves the left and uh, take over. You know, they thought they could just appropriate the whole thing. And we would just sit there and be like, oh, you're the left. Let us follow you wherever you want to take us. Um, it didn't quite work out that way for them. And uh, that was kind of funny, actually. And it's still funny. Like it's sort of exploding in these small little explosions like <laughs> um but at the same time like it's not really right and yeah they're retweeting like all kinds of uh transphobes and this kathy brannan woman who's awful um and then there's all kinds of infighting going well, there's on there's also smooth cobra who's been a oh my God. for the longest and he's so problematic um, um but shout out to q thanks for updating me she was just saying that now the post says that it has a final edit deadline so it has a few more days for people to sign on but also suggest comments and edits uh, we, well, that might be something for us to do is to suggest, you know, a well-worded comment too. But um, I appreciate Wendy's Wendy's commentary and feedback as well as question about what do we do and how do we change this? I think that, you know, building on to our own cooperatives like we're doing now, um, trying to not just, I mean, having us all start coming together in groups and stuff like this, having these conversations, you know, and engaging other people in dialogue on these conversations helps amplify our voice and provides us with a sense of, not just a sense of power, but a presence to be able to combat those those bad narratives. I mean, mm -hmm. it provides us support to do so, whether we form writing collectives, do roundtables of our own, and really start building and having conversations, but we do need to be actively engaged. So Wendy, I'm definitely emailing you because I, I, I think something to be done is we should all write. I mean, I think, I think we should have some type of, whether it's a series of essays from us, from, 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 I mean, and again, not really interested to, to the real left versus the fake left, but for those of us who see the issues with the, this presentation and this framing of issues as if only these people over here have a real understanding of the issues and what's going on, because that's the problem. They, they, they position this as if this is somehow representative of a certain experience that only they have the answers to when we've all had experiences and this misses the mark. It just does not capture that. So I do think yeah. amplifying these additional voices, which I'm so happy to have Kieran here with me now. Um, but Wendy, um, we'll definitely have to connect with Wendy because Wendy has a lot of other knowledge that yeah. I particularly don't have. She has another strong suit. I think that's the thing. We need to start playing to each other's strengths and, and I think that each we, other's voices. Exactly. Yeah, we need to make those connections. Exactly. I agree. And I, I have I'm always retweeting Wendy. I I, I absolutely love her uh, the way that her brain works um, as well. So I, I I love this idea. And I do think I was talking to somebody and you know, um, I do think that there is a need for more female and people of color representation. Uh, and not, you know, we do exist, but I think on the platforms, mm -hmm. on the big platforms uh, that you see out there, you know, and I'm talking like uh, the Intercept, Jacobin, um, right. some of these bigger media outlets that are, you know, squarely on the left that are, you know, very much leftist. Uh, right. You're never going to mistake them for anything but left. Like those platforms. Uh, they're excellent sources of news and, and analyses and everything like that. I think there needs to be more uh, female voices and there need to be, in some cases, more uh, people of color and queer people who need to be uh, the leftist people. And we are out there. 
Okay, so mm -hmm. there's there's people in any of those categories who are leftist. I am one of them. You are one of them. Uh, Wendy's one of them. You know, out of the categories that I named, there's tons of people, and they're on Twitter. Um, we need to connect with each other, and these bigger outlets. If anybody's watching from any of them or has any connections with them, I think they need to start really looking at diversifying their own thing. And it's not just as a token thing, but as a, to show that they do understand the idea of intersectionality. Because for me, it's like, of course, we understand the intersectionality. Like, I am a queer, brown, immigrant woman. Like, intersectionality is my entire life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but apparently for these, uh, some of these neoliberal uh, types of feminists who signed this letter, you know, first of all, they block people like me. Like I've been talking about, they, they don't even talk to people like me. They only talk to white men. They don't want to so talk a lot to of them don't even hear the perspective. Into their narrative. If you don't fit their narrative, their view of the world, they don't want yeah. to talk to you. They don't want. They don't want to deal with you. You know, there are several people on that letter who are very good for that. They 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 will shut out any type of dissension. And and we need to. That that is a problem with some people. Even you know, people who consider them the real left themselves the real left. There is a problem with that. People are not willing to have discourse and constructive feedback. I mean, I'm someone that believes in being respectful. I don't believe in respect, not respectability, but being respectful. Just engage with folks. A lot of the trollish behavior that's happening right now, it is absolutely unnecessary. But we all experience it. So having some one group act as if they're specially victimized, it's ridiculous. I mean, they actually encourage and engage in abusive behavior. You know, one of the people on that list, I've watched them attack another woman of color, Ronnie Kallick, um, several times and deride them and have their their followers egg them on to, to attack her too. So people are complaining about behavior that they themselves engage in. I mean, at some point, we all just need to grow up and act like this is real life and not just some some make believe land called social media. Um, and, and and really address you know how we're dealing with each other and addressing these issues. But. Um, yeah. But I am so thankful and appreciate you coming on. And like I said, Karen is joining me, uh, contributing to the way, and we're going to be doing some podcasts and other work together. Um, definitely want to hook up with Wendy. And if there's any of you out there who are interested in this topic or other topics, um, definitely cut, you know, hit us up on Twitter. Shoot me an email, thewaywithanoah.com. Um, this has been your Thursday night edition of the Benjamin Dixon Show. Um, thank you very much. If you are new and you have just tuned in today, please subscribe to the channel. Um, ben has provided this amazing platform. We have great content all week long. Uh, well, during the regular week and, you know, maybe at some point we'll start adding in uh, weekend content. Coming up with the Democratic National Convention, we will have pretty much round the clock coverage, um, dnclive.net. Um, we'll have some live streaming. We'll have online commentary. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty lit. Also, if you are in DC, there's like, there's like tons of events, see you in Philly type stuff going on, but there is a huge event that's being planned by Philly Real Justice. I had a great conversation with Erica Mines earlier today. Um, July 26th, there's going to be this massive black protest at the DNC. We're tired of being taken for granted by, you know, um, the Democratic National Committee and, and, and it's ilk. Like seriously, we, we, Trump is, Trump may be bad, but you're still going to earn our vote. You're still going to do right and follow through. So become a Patreon, continue to support really good progressive programming. Um, check me out on thewaywithanoah.com and my, my, my podcast is I'm now on iTunes as well as, you know, like Ben, I'm trying to catch up to my big bro here. Um, but thank you. And we're out. Good night. Thank you. Bye, everybody. The Benjamin Dixon
Dixon Show is only possible with listener support. Go to www.thebenjamindixonshow.com to register for our blog, join the Progressive Army, and support The Benjamin Dixon Show. If you like this episode, be sure to share, like, and subscribe.